Hello, everybody. My name is Damien, and you're listening to the Learn English Through Football podcast. Yes, welcome everyone to the podcast for all those who love the beautiful game of football. My name is Damien. Damien, how are you, and what football have you been watching this week? Hi, Damon. I'm I'm well. Um, I've seen quite a lot of football this week, including El Clasico last weekend, in which a victory for Real Madrid sent them back to the top of the table. I also went to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Wednesday evening to see Spurs go out on penalties against bottom club Norwich City. Uh, I thought we did enough to win, but the team is going through a bad patch and confidence is low. Um, I then saw Liverpool come from behind against Bournemouth yesterday in the Premier League, while I also watched my team Tottenham draw 1-1 for the second time in a week, this time away (laughs) at Burnley. Yeah, I saw those games too, plus uh, Liverpool being dumped out of the FA Cup by Chelsea. Uh, By the way, Damien, what is Tottenham's new stadium like? What's the experience like for the fans? It's a fabulous stadium. The, The sound inside is amazing. The facilities are modern. And the views are wonderful. Um, Pity about the team. Uh, We've lost nearly all of the big games we've played there. West Ham, Liverpool, Leipzig, Ajax, Wolves, and being knocked out in the FA Cup. Uh, It seems the only big side we can beat there is Manchester City, twice. Uh, By the way, Damon, today, the 8th of March, is uh, International Women's Day. So here's a little quiz for you and all the listeners. Number one. Okay. Who are the current women's Super League holders and for which team won the title last year? That's 2019. Number two, how many teams are there in the Women's Super League? Number three, why was the Finnish FA, that's from Finland, in the news last week? And number four, who is the current player of the year in the women's game? Okay, well, I know the answers to these questions. Number one, the current holders of the Women's Super League are Arsenal. They won their third title last year. Uh, There are 12 teams currently in the WSL, and that's an increase of four from 2015 when there were only eight sides. Now, the Finnish FA were in the news last week as they have renamed the Women's League as the National League with no reference to the word woman, to help with equality. They also pay their two national teams the same salary, so well done Finland, and hurry up every other football association. How about the final question? That's easy. The current holder of the best player in women's football is, of course, Megan Rapino. Great stuff. Now, what's on the show today? Well, on today's show, we have all the usual sections, the football news, football language and predictions. But we'll start with a look into our huge archive of material where we have lots of listening and vocabulary material going back to 2006. That's right, Damon. And this week, as it's the Manchester Derby, uh, we look back at an interview with fans from both sides in 2012. Now, this was a really important game that took place in April that year and ended up being a title shootout, with Manchester United only needing a draw to stay top and almost guarantee the title while City needed to win. Now, here you are, Damon, asking City fan Dave about his (laughs) side's chances of victory. 
Okay, so you're predicting a 4 0 win. Um, what I'm not predicting a win, I'm saying City should win, but the problem is that when it gets to these big games, City tend to be slightly hesitant, right? Uh, and because of the build-up before this game, which inevitably happens, the game may well be a big disappointment. So, I think in reality, I'd have to say no score. But I like I like that because um, I like to think low, low expectations. Being it will win four 0 All right. And who's going to win the title? Uh, I think the title is the main problem is not the game against United; it's the game against Newcastle away because they're the form team, and because of that, I can't really see City winning that, um, and I can't really see United losing there too. So it's going to be very tight, one point, but I think probably City. Well, Manchester City did win that game one nil, and went on to win the title that season with a dramatic last-minute winner in the final game of the season. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to hear that Dave from the interview was not confident at all. His side City had not won the league for over 40 years. I bet he sounds more confident now. Uh, you can hear the rest of that report and lots of other football language podcasts by coming along to our site here at languagecaster.com and subscribing to our weekly shows. You listen to languagecaster.com. Yes, you are listening to Languagecaster, and that message was in Dutch. Now remember that if you'd like to send on a message in your own language, then let us know via admin at languagecaster.com. Right, it's time for a review of the football news from the week, the good, the bad and the ugly. Now, as I mentioned earlier on in the show... I was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to see Spurs end up losing to Norwich City. And one of the Spurs players, that's Eric Dyer, could have his own good, the bad and ugly section. <laughs> good. Well, the player has clearly returned to form, defended well, scored a great penalty in the shootout. Bad? His team lost a game they really should have won. Ugly? After the game, Dyer went into the stand by climbing over many rows of seats to confront a fan who had been abusing him and his brother. Players can't really respond to fans like this, even though many, many other fans and pundits felt sympathetic to the England player. Dyer will probably receive a ban from the FA. Now, Damon, what was good for you this week? Uh, Well, Daniel Batts may not be a household name, uh, as he plays for fourth-tier German club Saarbrücken. But he made the headlines last week with an astonishing performance between the sticks. That means in goal. He saved an incredible five penalties during the match, one during normal time and four in a penalty shootout. To make it even better, this meant his side knocked out top-flight Dusseldorf and advanced to the semi-final of the DFB Pokal Cup competition. Now, it was good also for relegation strugglers in the Premier League, Watford, who thumped, that is, beat by a big score, Liverpool, ouch, 3-0. A well-deserved victory saw the Hornets become the first side to beat Liverpool in the league since January 2019, when Manchester City narrowly defeated the Reds 2-1. How about bad? Well, Damon, you've just mentioned Liverpool being beaten in the league and uh, earlier you talked about them being beaten in the FA Cup. Add to that the defeat a few weeks back in the Champions League. It's been a poor period for Klopp's side. 
Also bad is the continued disruption caused by the coronavirus, with uh, leagues across Europe wondering how to deal with the problem. In Italy, the Juventus versus Inter game had been postponed and will now go ahead behind closed doors, that is, with no fans in the stadium. Bad for the fans and the Italian league, who were really looking forward to this massive, massive match. So, as Europe gears up for the title run-ins over the next few months, will the virus have a say this year? It's going to be tricky, isn't it? How, how about an ugly story from this week? Well, in last week's podcast, we mentioned that Leeds United's goalkeeper Kiko Casilla was banned for eight matches after racially abusing the West Brom player Jonathan Lecco. And I'd like to talk a little more about this case. Lecco, who was playing for West Brom on loan from Charlton, has written that he received little support from many of the organisations that should be supporting him, such as the PFA, that's the Players' Union, the anti-racism charity, Kick It Out, and his own club. And he wondered whether the length of the case, it took over 20 weeks to finish, would put off other players from coming forward in the future. Very ugly. Hello, my name is Matt. I'm a Huddersfield fan, and you are listening to languagecaster.com. Don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you like what we do and would like transcripts, vocabulary support, or extra posts, then think about becoming a supporter via patreon.com forward slash languagecaster. And thank you to all those who do support us. It helps keep this podcast and access to our huge football glossary at Languagecaster completely free. Yes, please do support us. And uh, talking of our football glossary, next up is another edition, Blunder. Now, if a player makes a mistake on the pitch, then the team may lose possession or it may lead to a dangerous situation or even a goal against their own team. When a goalkeeper makes a mistake, there's a higher chance of a goal being conceded as they are closer to their own goal. They are the last line of defence. This means that a goalkeeping mistake is often highlighted a lot more and we have lots of words to describe these kinds of mistakes such as gaffs, clangor, howler and the word blunder. This word, which is not only related to football and can be used as a noun and a verb, is often used when a mistake costs a team a goal. A goalkeeping blunder or a defensive blunder are common phrases. Now, in recent FA Cup fifth-round matches, there were two high-profile goalkeeping blunders from Liverpool and Tottenham reserve keepers. Liverpool were beaten 2-0 by Chelsea with the first goal, a definite goalkeeping blunder, as Adrian let the ball slip through his hands into the net. In the second example, Tottenham's Dutch keeper, Michael Vorm, parried the ball when a catch seemed simpler and the Norwich striker hit home the rebound. Spurs went on to lose on penalties in that match. Let's look at some other examples. This one from The Guardian in 2015. Reading's Adam Federici apologises for FA Cup blunder against Arsenal. And here's another from the BBC about the match we just mentioned. Adrian Blunder gifts Chelsea lead against Liverpool. Now, other examples of mistakes associated with goalkeepers include gaff, 
clanger, howler, to spill the ball, and many more. Come along to our site to check them out. Okay, next is our football language quiz question. Damien, what have we got this week? Okay, we want to know the meaning of the verb to rally when used in football. If a team rallies in a game, which of the following does it mean? One, to lose a lead. Two, to win a knockout game. Three, to win after extra time. Or four, to come back after going behind. And we'll have the answer at the end of the show. And that brings us to our last section of the show, predictions. I'm still trailing Damien by a massive margin. He looks to have the language caster predictions battle sewn up already, and it's still March. Um, our first match today is a battle of the Blues. Chelsea versus Everton. The Blues versus the Toffees. London versus Merseyside. And uh, although Chelsea are eight positions higher in the table than Everton, there are only seven points separating them. And both teams are also similar in that their form has been up and down over the past couple of months. I'm going for goals and a draw. 2-2. Well, the Everton manager, Carlo Ancelotti, returns to his old club, Chelsea. They sacked him after winning the double back in 2009. <laughs> and uh, he will hope his Everton side can do better than their last trip to London against Arsenal. I think they might do well. Maybe 2-1 for the Toffees. Next up is the Manchester derby. And a quick reminder that we've just posted a short podcast with transcript and worksheet on the Manchester derby. Uh, come along to the site to download that. Now, as for the game... Both sides are well off the pace in the league, although both are also in form. I reckon that City will win this one 3-0. Yep, a thrashing for United. (laughs) Yep, this is going to be very interesting. And I wonder how up for it, that is aggressive, Man City will be. I'll go for another draw, 1-1. Now, next game is Serie A's uh, Juventus versus Inter Milan. As we mentioned, this game was due to be played last week, but because of the coronavirus, it was postponed, but it will now take place behind closed doors on Sunday. I think this will end in a draw, maybe 1-1. Yeah, what a shame this will be played in an empty stadium, but it's totally understandable. Um, A weird atmosphere, but not a weird result. 1-0 to Juventus, the home side. Right. It's time for the answer to our quiz question, and we wanted to know the meaning of the verb to rally when used in football. If a team rallies in a game, which of the following does it mean? Number one, to lose a lead. Number two, to win a knockout game. Number three, to win after extra time. Or number four, to come back after going behind. Yep, the answer is number four, to come back after going behind. Um, I heard this comment yesterday after the Liverpool game when the Reds came back to defeat Bournemouth. They rallied when it looked as if they might be defeated again. Now, to rally can also refer to a better performance, not always related to just winning. So, for example, in yesterday's game, Spurs rallied in the second half against Burnley to claim a draw. They played much better to do this. In fact, yesterday's game was very much a game of two halves. You can find out more information about these and hundreds of other football words and phrases in our huge glossary of footballing phrase here at languagecaster.com. Take a look, let us know what you think or if you have any suggestions. 
Okay, enjoy all the football this week. The last 16 second leg matches from the Champions League returns. And we'll be looking back at some of the language from those games in next week's podcast. Come along to the site, vote in our polls, try and answer the quiz questions, ask a question in the forums, and subscribe to our podcasts. Enjoy all the football. Talk.